Report is a weekly public affairs program providing independent media coverage of environmental and ecological studies with a focus on local, state, and regional people, issues, and events in order to foster open discussion of human relationships with nature and the earth and to encourage you to take personal responsibility for living sustainably in the world. EcoReport is produced by an independent team of volunteers working at the studios of Community Radio WFHB in Bloomington, Indiana and financially supported by listeners like you. Report for WFHB, I'm Juliana Daly, and now for today's environmental news brief. From WFHB, this is your environmental news brief for Thursday, October 14th. I'm Nathaniel Weinzaffel. In Portage, Indiana, the U.S. Steel Midwest plant has reported a second pollution spill in the last two weeks. The Indiana Department of Environmental Management announced that the nearby Burns Waterway was polluted with an oily sheen from the steel plant. Existing pollution precautions have contained the spill and it is unlikely that it will enter the nearby Lake Michigan. This event occurred a week after nearly 20 Lake Michigan organizations called on Indiana politicians to do more to protect the waterways in Lake Michigan. President Joe Biden has recently announced the restoration of national monuments that were reduced in size under former President Donald Trump. Biden signed three proclamations that increased the sizes of the national monuments of Bears Ears, Grand Staircase Escalante in the Northeast Canyons and Seamounts Marine off the coast of New England. The National Monument of Bears Ears has an important historical connection with the Native American tribe of the Laguna Pueblo. This represents a sizable step forward for the Biden administration's climate priorities and the Native American community. A recent study from the Pew Research Center has found that the concern for the impending climate crisis has greatly increased in many areas of the world. 72% of the people surveyed from countries around the world expressed concerns that climate change could impact their lives at some point in the near future. Only two countries did not have an increase in concerns, Japan and the United States. However, worldwide, the concern among younger people has risen, which lends hope to the need to address the crisis. Public concern about climate change is the biggest motivator for organizations such as the United Nations to take steps to implement aggressive policies to address global fossil fuel emissions. That's all for your environmental news brief. For WFHB, I'm Nathaniel Weinzaffel. Today's feature report, Indiana Environmental Reporter's Enrique Sands, talks about U.S. Steel's clean water violations. That's coming up later in the program. Iron-contaminated wastewater from the U.S. Steel Midwest plant leaked into Lake Michigan tributary in late September, closing beaches at the Indiana Dunes National Park and stalling operations at the plant.
The EPA claims that preliminary tests show the leak posed no risk to public health. Federal agencies are continuing to investigate the spill for possible violations of the Clean Water Act as environmentalists and local officials question what measures U.S. Steel will take to prevent future harm. This wasn't the first time U.S. Steel contaminated the waterway with toxic chemicals. In April 2017, the plant released an unknown amount of hexavalent chromium, which causes cancer. That discharge also forced the shutdown of beaches and even closed water intake pumps in Lake Michigan, the source of drinking water for millions of people. The city of Chicago sued U.S. Steel for damages and for threatening the drinking water. The outcome of Chicago's lawsuit was a November 2019 consent decree that the city, five state and national agencies, and U.S. Steel entered into. The decree required the corporation to pay $1.2 million for violations of the Clean Water Act and was supposed to ensure that it would take significant action to improve its wastewater treatment and monitoring systems. Jim Sweeney, vice president of the Porter County, Indiana chapter of the Isaac Walton League, one of the oldest environmental organizations in the country, said, quote, It's just unforgivable that U.S. Steel had another large discharge from the same outfall. That tells me that there are some serious mechanical problems inside that plant that haven't been addressed, end quote. <laughs> The New York Times reports the Biden administration restored protections for migratory birds that were loosened under former President Donald J. Trump, a former celebrated, a move celebrated by conservationists but expected to exacerbate tensions between the administration and the oil and gas industry. The move comes as some bird species have been disappearing from the planet. North America has lost almost 3 billion birds in the past 50 years, scientists said. In addition to suffering from habitat loss and climate change, they are killed by cats, collisions with buildings, power lines, and communication towers. They die in oil waste pits and oil spills. Deb Halen, the Secretary of the Department of Interior, said the agency will formally revoke a rule enacted in the waning days of the Trump presidency that shielded businesses, landowners, and others from legal consequences if their activities unintentionally killed birds. That meant a construction crew that knocked down a barn with owl nest or an oil company responsible for a catastrophic spill that killed thousands of birds could not be punished. Instead, the Biden administration will return to a long-standing interpretation of the 1918 Migratory Bird Treaty Act that prohibits incidental harm to birds, Halen said. She said reinstating federal protections is a critical step because while some industries have taken voluntary measures to protect birds, populations are still declining. The losses are part of a growing global biodiversity crisis driven by habitat loss, climate change, and other human activities that puts a million species at risk of extinction. The fossil fuel industry is targeting kids with propaganda by distributing booklets favorable toward the industry to elementary school students. One entitled, Natural Gas, Your Invisible Friend, and another entitled, My Nat and Gus, 
Both look like coloring books and tout the wonders of natural gas, which is a major source of methane, a potent greenhouse gas, and has caused lethal explosions. Both booklets are the products of Eversource, a utility company that serves millions of customers in New England. The company's logo appears on both booklets. Those fossil fuel industry shenanigans are nothing new. In the 1970s, it produced a racist and sexist cartoon series on fossil fuels aimed at children. The cartoons appeared in comic books, coloring books, film strips, and videos made by the corporation Amico Oil, which is BP today. What is especially pernicious about those pro-fossil fuel materials is that children are notoriously vulnerable to them. Research has shown that children under age 7 can't recognize that advertisements are attempting to sell them something, and one study demonstrated that even middle school schoolers can't distinguish between news stories and advertorials. <laughs> Amazon is the world's largest retailer and largest producer of trash. The company discards huge piles of unused products each day. Some items are perfectly good returned ones still in their packaging. Others weren't sold in the first place, products that range from face masks to laptops. The purpose is to save money and space for more new products. One particular um, Amazon warehouse set a goal of destroying 130,000 items a day, thus producing more than 6 million pieces of garbage a year. With 185 such warehouses around the world, the amount of unnecessary rubbish Amazon is creating is incomprehensible. The waste crisis is covering the land and inundating the oceans with plastic, which harms and even kills wildlife from whales to birds to sea turtles. Electronics are the fastest-growing source of solid waste in the world. They use rare, hard-to-extract minerals and fossil fuels and then release, then release toxins into the dumps where they end up poisoning the surrounding communities. Environmentalists are pressuring Amazon to stop throwing out perfectly good products and contributing heavily to the worldwide waste mess. The Guardian reports that Apple, Amazon, Microsoft, and Disney are among the major corporations either supporting or actively directing lobbying groups like the U.S. Chamber of Commerce and Business Roundtable that are trying to kill the $3.5 trillion budget known as Build Back Better Act, also known as Reconciliation Package. Quote, major corporations love to tell tell us how committed they are to addressing the climate crisis and building a sustainable future, end quote. Kyle Herrick, president of Watchtog Group, Accountable U.S., which compiled the analysis, told The Guardian, quote, but behind closed doors, they are funding the very industry trade groups that are fighting both tooth and nail to stop the biggest climate change bill ever, end quote. And his new study has revealed an unexpected impact of the climate crisis, it's actually making Earth dimmer. The paper published in Geophysical Research Letters last month found that there had been a significant drop in Earth's reflective capacity, or albedo, in the last three years of records. Quote, the albedo drop was such a surprise to us when we analyzed the last three years of data after 17 years of nearly flat albedo, end quote. Lead study author and New Jersey Institute of Technology researcher Philip Goods said in a press release. The 
The Canadian company Enbridge's Line 3 pipeline through sensitive wetlands in Minnesota intended to carry tar sands oil from Alberta, Canada to the tip of Lake Superior in Wisconsin faced overwhelming grassroots opposition. Now it's come to light that Enbridge reimbursed U.S. police $2.4 million for arresting and surveilling hundreds of those protesters. Police have arrested over 900 demonstrators who were against the pipeline and its impact on the climate and indigenous rights. The Minnesota Public Utilities Commission, which regulates pipelines, decided that rural police shouldn't have to pay for surveilling and arresting protesters. In order to give Line 3 permits, the commission required Enbridge to reimburse police for responding to demonstrations. Simone Sinoglis, a member of the Red Lake Nation and of the Indigenous Environmental Network leadership team who took part in actions to protect the Mississippi River and drinking water, said of the police, quote, You wish they were actually there to protect and serve us and not to protect and serve a pipeline and a company. It's the antithesis of democracy in my mind, end quote. In August, a leading water protector, Tara Hauska, and other water protectors met with the U.N. Special Rapporteur for Human Rights to express their worries about the police and Enbridge actions. Hauska said the financial relationship has resulted in the criminalization of protest. A few years ago, Veterans Affairs decided to sell off some stately trees on VA property adjoined to the Crown Hill Cemetery in Indianapolis. Environmentalists raised immediate objections, pointing out that the forest was irreplaceable and that no public hearings were held. After months of high drama, the VA came up with an alternate plan. Cheers erupted from about two, two dozen people massed near a construction entrance to the 15-acre forest on the north side of the cemetery after hearing word that the VA had ordered crews to hold off cutting trees. Logging on federal property is ongoing. The U.S. Forestry Service is evaluating several patches of land within the Hoosier National Forest to determine whether some of the trees need to be replaced. Logging is a tool that is used to meet forest management objectives, according to Acting Ranger Matthew Griffin. The Hoosier National Forest Management Plan is broken down into different sections or areas of interest. Not every section of the forest would be a candidate for logging. The lucrative business of harvesting massive amounts of timber in Indiana's state forest started during the Mitch Daniels administration and continues to this day. The Department of Natural Resources has for years allowed companies to build roads and cut down trees in forests under the state's protection. The current plan to log century-old trees on 300 acres of Brown County backcountry is especially egregious because of the forest-rich diversity of species and the state's shrinking reserves of unspoiled wilderness. There appears to be no limit as to which forest will succumb to the chainsaw. Thus far, the giant white oaks in the Crane Forest have not been auctioned off. These trees are designated for use in repairing old ironsides, the USS Constitution, on display in Boston Harbor. Since 1797, when the USS Constitution was launched, the best white oak, as stated by Secretary of War Knox, of sufficient size and clarity has been a paramount concern for the survival of the ship. With each 20th century restoration, obtaining solid wood hull planks and ship's knees has become increasingly challenging.
The question is, will this historical link be sufficient to protect the trees at Crane from eventually being auctioned off? On September 15th, researchers published a study finding the smoke and ash from Australia's devastating 2019 and 2020 wildfires had likely triggered a widespread algal bloom in the Southern Ocean. Two days later, another study published in Nature Communications revealed that this sort of thing had happened before. In the Permian mass extinction event some 252 million years ago, a combination of greenhouse gas emissions from volcanic eruptions, temperature increases, and deforestation created a, created a poisonous soup of algae blooms that exacerbated an already dire scenario for life, as study co-author Vivi Vajda of the Swedish Museum of Natural History put it in an interview. This was the great dying the worst mass extinction in Earth's history, and it has some uncomfortable parallels to what is happening today. Scientists now believe it was triggered by volcanic activity in Siberia, which spewed 100,000 billion tons of carbon into the atmosphere. Indeed, the atmospheric concentration of carbon dioxide right before the extinction stood at 400 million parts per million, a little less than the levels observed today. Those levels then shot up sixfold in less than 10,000 years. During that same time, temperatures at high latitudes rose by 10 to 14 degrees Celsius. This year has seen several episodes of toxic algal blooms. Cases in Florida are well known. Every summer, there is a dead zone in the Gulf of Mexico. Less known is the case of deaths of 300 elephants in Africa from a bloom that occurred because of higher temperatures. Loss of habitat is the cause of most species loss in the current extinction event. About 80% of the losses are on small islands that, are, that had small populations of unique plants and animals. The two studies reported on here suggest that algal toxicity could become a significant factor in the future. And now for our feature IER reporter Enrique Sands reports on U.S. Steel's clean water violations. On the morning of April 11, 2017, workers at the U.S. Steel Corporation's Midwest plant in Portage noticed water surrounding the plant's wastewater outfall 004 discharge area in the Burns waterway was tinted bluish-green instead of its usual grayish-brown hue. The workers reported the discoloration, setting off a state and federal response to investigate the discharge. Investigators found that highly acidic chromium trioxide had made its way into a containment trench. The chemical mixed with water and ate through the trench and a wastewater pipeline under the trench, routing the water into a treatment plant that could not handle the acidic wastewater. U.S. Steel reported that nearly 300 pounds of hexavalent chromium, a cancer-causing version of the chemical created by oxidation during the release, were released into the Burns waterway. The spill of the chemical led to Indiana American Water closing a plant to prevent the drawing of water from Lake Michigan and the closure of beaches at the Indiana Dunes National Park and neighboring Ogden Dunes. An EPA investigation days after the spill found the U.S. Steel Midwest plant had compliance and monitoring issues dating back to 2013 that may have contributed to the spill. 
Now, more than four years after the spill, a federal court has approved an agreement between the U.S. Department of Justice and U.S. Steel that would require the company to pay a civil penalty, reimburse federal agencies that responded to the spill, and improve wastewater treatment and monitoring systems. The U.S. District Court for the Northern District of Indiana approved the consent decree after several revisions that incorporated public input, tightening some requirements in the agreement. Acting U.S. Attorney for the Northern District of Indiana, Tina Name, said the revised decree adopts robust reporting requirements requested during the public comment period for any future spills. U.S. Steel will have to pay a $600,000 civil penalty and reimburse the EPA and National Park Service for response costs the agencies incurred during the April 2017 spill. The company will also have to pay the National Park Service more than $240,000 for damages resulting from the beach closures along the Indiana Dunes National Park, as well as more than $27,000 to the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration for natural resource damage assessment costs. The consent decree will also require U.S. Steel to adhere to plans approved by the EPA and the Indiana Department of Environmental Management for facility wastewater operation and maintenance, preventive maintenance, and chromium and wastewater process monitoring. Since the April 2017 spill, the Midwest plant has had a troubled discharge record that has cost the multi-billion dollar corporation relatively little in financial penalties, but has added to its regulatory requirements. Just six months after the 2017 spill, the plant continued to exceed the amount of chromium discharge allowed by its federal permit. On October 25th and 26th of that year, the plant admitted discharging nearly double its allowed amount of total chromium. IDEM staff performed a reconnaissance inspection in November 2017 and found operation, self-monitoring, and effluent limits compliance violations. A year after that, IDEM officials investigated an anonymous complaint. The Midwest plant was discharging foam and scum into the Burns waterway. They found excessive foaming, later identified as oil and grease at Outfall 4, the same discharge outfall involved in the April 2017 spill. IDEM found the facility was discharging oily foam in multiple inspections, and one inspection found sulfuric acid being discharged, a fact U.S. Steel did not disclose to downstream residents. In another incident, the plant found elevated hexavalent chromium concentrations at a wastewater treatment site but released 33,000 gallons of wastewater before operators shut it down. U.S. Steel was assessed a $950,000 civil penalty, $650,000 of which had to be paid to IDEM. The company was given the option of paying the rest of the agency or giving a $600,000 tax-deductible contribution to the Dunes Learning Center. The company also has to abide by stricter monitoring and reporting requirements. If the company does not adhere to the consent decree or the agreement with IDEM, it could face more fines and monitoring requirements. Juliana Daly. Are you looking for a way to make a difference on environmental issues? Here at Eco Report, we are currently looking for reporters, engineers, and segment producers. 
Our goal is to report facts on how we're all affected by global climate disruption and the ongoing assaults of our air, land, and water. We also celebrate ecologists, tree huggers, soil builders, and an assortment of champions who actively protect and restore our natural world, particularly those who are active in South Central Indiana. All levels of experience and all ages are welcome, and we provide the training you'll need. WFHB also offers internships. To volunteer for Eco Report, give us a call at 812-323-1200 or email us at earth at wfhb.org. And now for our events calendar. Join the Nature Conservancy on Friday, October the 15th for weed wrangling at beautiful Green Bluffs Preserve in Owen County from 9 a.m. to noon. You will assist in removing two invasive species, autumn olive and multiflora rose. Wear long sleeves and bring eye protection. You should also wear long pants and sturdy shoes. Bring water and work gloves. Contact the Indiana Volunteer Team at indianavolunteer at tnc.org for more information. Enjoy the Hamer Cave hike at Spring Mill State Park on Saturday, October 16th from 10.30 a.m. to 11 a.m. Meet Chris at the Village Grist Mill to hear some history of the Spring Mill Village and the significance of Hamer Cave. This is a 30-minute hike and there are st stairs involved. A Fairfax Trails Volunteer Workday is scheduled for Sunday, October 17th from 1 to 4 p.m. at the Fairfax State Recreation Area at Monroe Lake. You will help expand and improve the trail system by clearing and trimming vegetation and moving logs and brush to define the path. Please bring loppers or shears if you have them. Please register at http colon forward slash forward slash bit dot ly forward slash fx trails 2021. Meet at the Bayview Shelter. There will be a fall foliage float at the Griffey Lake Nature Preserve on Friday, October 22nd from 5 to 6.30 p.m. Paddle on great, paddle on lift, paddle on Griffey Lake and see fall foliage from a different perspective as you float along. Learn why trees lose their leaves and change color. Boats, paddles, life vests, and binoculars are provided. Register by October 18th at bloomington.in.gov slash parks. The full hunter moon hike will take place at Spring Mill State Park on Friday, October 22nd from 8 to 10 p.m. Meet volunteer Anthony at the Spring Mill Inn front patio for a beautiful full moon hike on Rugged Trail 4. Learn the history and folk folklore of the Hunter Moon. Dress for the weather and bring a headlamp if you think you will need it. And that wraps up our show for this week. 
Eco Report is brought to you in part by MPI Solar, a Bloomington business specializing in solar hot water, solar electricity, and solar hot air systems. MPI Solar designs and installs solar power generation systems that encourage independence and individual responsibility. Found locally at 812-334-4003 and on the web at mpisolarenergy.com. This week's headlines were written by Norm Holy and Linda Green. Today's feature was produced by IER reporter Horatio Enrique Sanz. Patrick Callanan assembled the script, and Linda Green and Patrick Callanan edited it. Edited it. Myself, Juliana Daly, compiled our events calendar, and Patrick Callanan produced and engineered today's show. For WFHB, I'm Juliana Daly, and this is Eco Report. You've been listening to the Eco Report, a volunteer-powered production of Community Radio WFHB in Bloomington, Indiana. Available for download and podcast at news.wfhb.org. Eco Report is your independent, ecologically inspired news source for South Central Indiana, bringing you news that the earth wants you to hear. Send your comments, suggestions, and story ideas directly to the Eco Report staff. The email address is earth at wfhb.org. That's earth at wfhb.org. Just a quick note before we uh, move on to democracy now, and that is that it is still time to pledge. So please give us a call, 812-323-1200.